Hello, and welcome to episode four of Life Through Lyrics with your host, Chris Benick. Since the last two episodes have focused on a little bit more serious songs, I decided to shift gears a little bit, if you will, and have a little fun this time. So, in this episode, I'm exploring and discussing Jerry Reed's Eastbound and Down from what is, without a doubt, my favorite movie of all time, Smokey and the Bandit. This podcast is meant to be an exploration of the lyrics to some of my favorite songs and how they have affected me or made an impact on my life. I will also dive into the history behind the artist that performed the song or the song itself. I do not profess to be a musical expert in any way. I have no formal musical training, nor am I employed in the music industry. I do, however, have a true love of what I consider to be good music. That's an important point to remember. The songs and lyrics discussed here are what I consider to be good music. That means these are just my opinions. Since copyright issues are huge, and my bankroll is not, obviously I will not be able to buy the licenses to the songs I will be discussing, therefore I will not be able to play them or even clips from them. But I will encourage you to listen to them and consider my thoughts. So, with that having been said, please sit back, relax, and hopefully enjoy Episode 4 of Life Through Lyrics, Eastbound and Down, because every song tells a story, some just do it better than others. don't remember the first time I saw Smokey and the Bandit as a kid. It came out when I was about four years old, but I didn't get to see it in the theater. I do remember having a tape one of my brothers made me for Christmas of the soundtrack, though. I wore that sucker out. I memorized every line of every song and every piece of CB dialogue there was on it. I can't recall a time in my life when the mention of the name Bandit or the sight of a black Trans Am didn't get me thinking about a 28-hour challenge and two friends doing what others said couldn't be done. I was never really the kind of kid who looked up to sports stars, musicians, or actors and thought, gee, I want to do that when I grow up. Don't get me wrong, I looked up to those people, but I never saw myself in their shoes. They didn't seem accessible to a kid like me. No, I was more taken with the idea of cool, but cool in a different way than most thought about it. To me, cool was the way Bo Darvel, otherwise known as Bandit, carried himself throughout the entire movie. He was quick-witted, clever, never lost for words, and always one step ahead. More importantly, he could drive. Man, could that man drive. Cool was also Cletus Snow, otherwise known as The Snowman. He wasn't as flashy as the bandit, but he was still the man to me. While most other little boys wanted to be the bandit, I wanted to be the snowman. First of all, he drove the truck. 
specifically a 1973 Kenworth W900 in coffee brown and gold. He even had the trailer with the western scene on the side. He had Fred, his trusty dog and riding partner. He wore the cat diesel power hat. He wore his gloves folded down just like my dad did. I thought of him like a movie version of my Uncle Ronnie, a man I unfortunately never really got to know because cancer took him from us, but who was at times a construction worker and at others a truck driver, and was one of my father's only real friends in his life. Many of the stories I've heard about him are funny, and they all paint him as quite a character. Cletus Snow to a T. Anyway, I guess for me these guys seem like accessible heroes and role models. And the snowman was the kind of guy I always wanted to be. Deep down, I still want to be him. Because just like he sings to Fred in the cab of the truck, I sometimes find myself singing to my dog Sadie today. Well, the more wheels it's got, the better I like it. I'm the brother of a truck driving mother. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Jerry Reed Hubbard was born March 20, 1937 in Atlanta, Georgia. During the first few years of his life, Jerry's parents divorced. After the split, he went on to live with his mother. When he was eight years old, she bought him a $7 guitar and taught him a G chord, and from there, he was off to the races. He became such a talented guitar player in his youth that he ended up dropping out of high school and spending some time touring with Ernest Tubb and the Troubadours, as well as Farron Young before signing his first recording contract at the age of 17. Unfortunately, he didn't find much success with this endeavor, so Reed ended up enlisting in the Army for a time, before moving to Nashville in the mid-1960s to work as a singer, songwriter, and musician. He got his first big break when Elvis Presley recorded his song Guitar Man on the album Clam Bake in 1967. Presley's producer asked Reed to sit in on the sessions to add his signature claw-style guitar licks to the track. Between 1967 and 1983, Reed himself had 52 songs make the Hot Country Singles Chart in the U.S. Six of these were top tens. Three of those made it all the way to number one. The first of these was When You're Hot, You're Hot in 1971, which also won him a Grammy followed by Lord Mr. Ford in 1973 and She Got the Gold Mine, I Got the Shaft in 1982. His 1970 single Amos Moses peaked at number 8 and The Bird at number 2 in 1982. Most people, however, would agree that Jerry Reed is best known for his other number 2 single, the 1977 hit East Bound and Down from the soundtrack to the movie Smokey and the Bandit. Thus begins my obsession.
we got a long way to go and a short time to get there. So, if you believe the legend, the origin of this song is, in and of itself, a pretty cool story. The movie was written and directed by Burt Reynolds' friend, Tennant, since he lived in Reynolds' pool house for 12 years, and one-time stunt double Hal Needham. Legend has it that Needham actually wrote the script such that it was, in longhand, on yellow legal pads. When he showed it to Burt, the actor told his friend that if he could get the money to make the movie, he would star in it. Reed, who had worked with Reynolds and Needham on Gator in 1976, was cast as the snowman and promised Needham a song to go on the soundtrack. When filming was over, Reed had as yet not delivered on the promise. Being a man of his word, the story goes that over the course of one night, Jerry Reed and Dick Fellers wrote Eastbound and Down, and Reed performed it for the director the next morning. Amusingly, when Needham didn't react the way Reed thought he would or should, he offered to rewrite the song. Supposedly, Needham responded forcefully by telling him, If you change one damn note, I will kill you, with a couple of expletives in between. I guess Needham knew his stuff because the song would go on to become Reed's signature piece and an anthem for a generation of big kids just like me. Boys are thirsty in Atlanta, and there's beer in Texarkana, and we'll bring it back no matter what it takes. Smokey and the Bandit premiered in New York on May 19, 1977, and in the rest of the country eight days later on May 27. It would go on to become the second highest grossing movie of the year, coming in second to another film you may be familiar with, Star Wars. Eastbound and Down was the most recognizable song from the movie and peaked at number two on the Hot Country Singles Chart on October 9, 1977, and stayed at that position for two weeks. Now, what many people who see the movie for the first time today don't understand is why the idea of transporting the 400 cases of Coors beer from Texarkana, Texas to Atlanta, Georgia is such a big deal. First of all, Bandit and Snowman only had 28 hours to get all the way from Atlanta to Texarkana and back. Second of all, at the time the movie was written and made, Coors was not available nationwide. As a matter of fact, it was not available at all east of the Mississippi River for several reasons. One of these reasons was the way it was produced. Coors at the time was not pasteurized. Therefore, it could not be transported without being refrigerated. This made it illegal to bring it east to somewhere like, say, Atlanta for a party after a race. Because it was illegal meant that transporting the beer was technically bootlegging. Now we all know what happens when you tell somebody they can't have something they want. It just makes them want it all the more. This mystique surrounding Coors was what made Hal Needham decide this was the best premise for the plot of his movie. Today, Coors is available nationwide. Say what you want to, but I say it's because the Snowman, Fred, Bandit, and Frog all got it to the track on time and made everybody see just exactly what they were missing. Hey, 
Old Smokey's got them ears on. He's hot on your trail. And he ain't gonna rest till you're in jail. So you got to dodge him, you got to duck him. You gotta keep that diesel truckin'. Just put that hammer down and give it hell. If there is one thing that I have carried with me from this song, this soundtrack, and this movie my whole life, it has got to be my love of the CB radio. As much as I love the songs, I can never get enough of the CB banter that makes up a large part of the dialogue in the movie and is featured prominently on the accompanying soundtrack album. I know all the words to it by heart, which is why my wife would be happy if she never had to watch or listen with me again. Cue the rolling eyes here. When I got my first car, the first thing I remember adding to it was a CB. Mind you, this was in the late 80s, early 90s. Everybody else was adding a new stereo or speakers, maybe some fancy wheels or window tint. Not me. I was figuring out how to wire up a CB, run antenna cable, and mount twin ears on my car. Every vehicle I had from then until just recently had a CB in it. Believe it or not, I still have my CB and have plans to put it in my truck one of these days. I even talked all my friends into putting CBs in their cars in high school so we could talk before there was such a thing as cell phones and do stupid stuff like play CB tag. If you're not familiar with that game, you've missed something wonderful in your life. I truly love the language of the CB and the road. Which brings me to the title of the song. Just for reference, the and down part of the title is CB lingo for when one is done talking but is still listening. So, what the snowman is saying here is that he is rolling east. He is done talking, but he still quote unquote has his ears on. This comes directly from the movie dialogue when he points out to the bandit that they may not make it to Atlanta in time to claim their $80,000 prize. And the following conversation occurs. Snowman. Well, you better hurry or we can just kiss that money goodbye, you understand that? To which the bandit replies, I read you loud and clear. And then, while sawing on that big white K-Whopper steering wheel, in a way only Jerry Reed can deliver it, he says... You got the one snowman. I'm eastbound and down. We're going to do what they say can't be done. If you continue to listen to these podcasts, you will find that I place a great deal of importance on the idea of working together and being loyal. I think that is the often overlooked undercurrent in this movie. Everyone sees the car chases, jumps, jokes, and crashes. But, if you look a little deeper, you can see that there is a message here about seeing things through to the end and staying true to your friends and your word. Bandit and Snowman make a commitment to each other at the beginning of the journey. On the first CB transmission, when the Snowman says, Hey Bandit, me and Fred got a question. 
and they hash out the reason they're doing the run in the first place is because everybody said, quote, it couldn't be done. I like to aspire towards that I'll show you what we can do philosophy whenever the opportunity presents itself. I have always been kind of a fringe player and found the most comfort in the company of other fringe players. It's easy for people to discount what we are capable of doing, and there is great satisfaction in shocking someone with success in the face of failure. Maybe that sounds harsh, but to me it makes a lot of sense. The other thing that many people overlook is that at the end of the movie, the bandit realizes he can't finish it on his own, and he has to move over and let the snowman take the lead. They go busting into the racetrack with the Kenworth out front, which I love, because when the chips were down, Cletus Snow showed up and did what had to be done. That is cool. I don't care what anybody says. always one of my lifelong dreams to meet Jerry Reed and Burt Reynolds, but alas, that was not meant to be. I came very close to getting to at least see Mr. Reed in person once. He was supposed to perform at a smaller venue close to my home, and my father-in-law and I were slated to go. We were almost certain there would be a meet and greet afterwards, as there usually is at this theater, so to say I was excited would be an understatement. Unfortunately, a few weeks before the show, Jerry Reed passed away on September 1st, 2008, in Nashville, Tennessee, due to complications from emphysema. As for Bert, I always knew that was a pipe dream, and now he is gone too. I like to think they are laughing it up together, though, in good health and having a blast, just like they appeared to be on film. Rest in peace, gentlemen, and thank you for the memories and the inspiration. This has been Life Through Lyrics with Chris Bennick. I hope you enjoyed this episode and will consider listening again in the future. Also, please consider sharing this podcast with someone you think might appreciate it or find it interesting. If you'd like to reach out and discuss any of my thoughts, opinions, or ideas further, I can be reached on Twitter at Life Lyrics Pod, on Instagram at Life Lyrics Podcast, or you can email me at lifelyricspodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you have a song you would like to hear me discuss, send it my way. Until next time, remember, 
If it doesn't make you feel something, it ain't worth listening to. Life Through Lyrics is written, produced, and recorded by Chris Benning. Music in this episode. Blues Infusion by Kinkas Moreta. Kona Sun and the Current Blues by Freedom Trail Studio. Valley Drive by The Whole Other. Local Saloon by Silent Partner. Atlanta and Bayou State of Mind by Jingle Punks. Thinking Back by Huma Huma. And Mechanical Bull Ride by Chris Hoggett. All downloaded from YouTube Creator Studio. Special thanks to the following websites for the background information used in this podcast. KXRB.com Songfacts.com WIOV.com Biography.com And MentalFloss.com Also special thanks to my beautiful wife, eye rolls and all, amazing daughter, remember, I'm an angry elephant, pseudo-adopted son, sir, and all my friends who are supporting me in this selfish venture. I appreciate and love you all more than you could ever know. Anchor.fm for helping out amateur podcasters just like me, because they have helped me to get published on their service, as well as many others, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and hopefully many more to come. So until next time, rock on!